it, when I was thinking about all the, all the various uh, challenging ways that, um, I, uh, it, that love is, is, is tough, I, I kept coming back to this one and talking about the idea that, you know, we live in a culture right now where about 50% of the people who get married end up in divorce. And a lot of younger generation have decided, have gone, walked through this and seen what's happened with their parents, grandparents, relatives. And a, and a lot of younger people are just simply choosing not to get married, which I think is such a big mistake um, because I just think God has such great things. But can we be honest? Marriage is not easy. And uh, love that lasts uh, it doesn't just happen on its own. And that's, that's what I want to I talk about today. When I, when I was laying all this out and, and on, on, my, uh, on my calendar, it was really funny because today is actually Wanda and I's 46th wedding anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was six years old when I got married, and Wanda was only three, so... <laughs> But I, I, as I stand before you today, I, I just want you to hear my heart with this. Um, our marriage has not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We have had a lot of challenges. We've had a lot of ups and downs. Um, and I know people kind of think that pastors and therapists and you know, people who like that are, ought to be exempt. But I'm going to look at you and tell you, here's the, here's the honest to God answer to this. I am just as human as you are. And Wanda is just as human as you are. And we have gone through and continue to go through a lot of the very same struggles that you do every single day. And the day you believe otherwise, is, is, it's a false thought because we do. And I just come before you today as I have asked God to just kind of help me, not just glean from our own 46 years, but, but from what he says in his word about what it really takes to have a love that truly does last. Now, I, I want to I give a, a bit of a, a disclaimer to front because sometimes when I do these kinds of messages, I think people tune out for a lot of reasons. Some, some of you may be saying, well, Pastor Steve, you know, we've been married a, a long time and everything's fine. And that's, that's cool. And I'm glad that everything's fine. But Corinthians tells us, if any of you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. And, and here's what I can tell you. After 46 years, it's still hard at times. And, and today, if everything's going great with you and your marriage, praise God for that. And I'm going to ask you today as you listen to say, what might I glean to help us protect that love and keep this marriage strong? Now, some of you, if you were honest, would say you're struggling a bit. You've got some stuff going on. And my prayer for you today is that you would kind of open your heart up and just say, hey, it's okay. Uh, I, I, we may need a little help, and I want to be open to what God might want to say to me. Some of you, if you're honest... Your marriage is in trouble. Some of you who are, who are here today, some of you who are watching this online, I know your marriage is in trouble. And if God doesn't intervene in some powerful ways, you may not make it. And I want to say to you, this may be God's word to you today that you really need to hear to, to help fix what's going on. And I hope that you will hear that. There are others of you, you are not married, you are single, and you hope to be married one day. And here's some great news. You can actually get some stuff that you can use in advance before you ever get there. And uh, man, uh, the, how many of you discovered you didn't get a manual for this, you know, when you got married? And uh, so it, this is going to be some stuff that you can store away. And if God provides that person and you get married, you can, you can have some ammunition to help you on the journey. Don't miss this, though. 
For some of you, this may be some stuff God wants to give you to help somebody else. Because every single one of you will be in relationships with people along the way who are struggling in their home and need some help. And this is just some stuff, if for nothing other, no other reason, this is some stuff that you can take in, set aside, and maybe share with somebody else that you come alongside of. Does that make sense for you? So everybody today, no matter what perspective you come from, this is for all of us today. I saw a few years ago a perfect picture of marriage. I just thought this was so cool. Some of you may have seen this on the internet. Uh, 2014 in Saskatchewan in Canada, there was a wedding and they were taking some pictures after the wedding. And uh, here's that picture. Throw that up on the screen. Everybody look at the background. <laughs> Wanda didn't see it for a few minutes. <laughs> What's in the background? A tornado, and I, and I thought it was so wild. You know, this couple gets married, and they're doing this photo shoot, and the storm comes up. Now, they weren't terribly concerned because they, they, they knew where the storm was, and they knew it wasn't coming toward them, but they thought, what a cool picture this would be. But I thought, this is a perfect picture of marriage. I mean, look at them. They're walking, holding hands. You know, they're goo-gooing each other. Oh, you know, and they're so stupid. You know, they have no idea. No idea what's coming. Now, every, every single one of us who have been married say, hey, baby, that tornado is coming. And if it don't get you today, somewhere along the way, it's going to get, throw that next one. I love this. <coughs> Here they are. Oh, they're smooching. Oh, aren't we happy? Yeah, baby, you're going to be blown away before it's all over. This was so hilarious. And Wanda reminded me when I was sharing this picture, she says, you, remind, you remember when we got married at Camp Moringa, where we met in Ohio 46 years ago, uh, as soon as we finished the, the wedding and got into the dining hall for the reception, this huge storm came up, and there was literally a tornado just a few miles from us. Now, that should have been an omen. <laughs> that, that should have been, maybe was, a sign from God saying, okay, I know this was a nice day, but it's not always going to be like this. Um, there's a, a passage of scripture I want us to look at. It's one we often use when we talk about weddings, in weddings, and uh, it's, it's a great verse where, it talk God, where Paul writes about God's agape love. Now, before I go on, I, I do want to say this to you. I'm going to blow through this stuff today. I've got five points, and I'm going to give them to you quick. We're going to move right through it. But I, I decided I'm going to come back next year um, and I'm going to do a whole series on this. And I'm going to unpack this because every point in this message really is a sermon all to itself. And so I'm going to highlight them and move on. But, but, but I promise you, I'm going to come back in a year and we'll unpack it in depth. Look at the passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the love chapter. Here's what he says. Love is patient and kind. Uh, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. Now, let me stop. How many of you got enough to go home and work on for, for right now? Yeah, we don't even get through the scripture. He says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Read it out loud with me. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. What does it take to really have a love that lasts. How do we protect this love that God gives us for each other? How do we protect this very sacred thing and cultivate it and help it to grow? You ready? I'm going to give you five thoughts. Here they come. Here's the first one. This one's going to hurt a bit. 
If you really want to protect that love that make it that last, you got to deal with your own stuff and keep dealing with it. You got to deal with your own stuff and keep dealing with it. Everybody repeat out loud for me. I got stuff. How many of you be honest enough to admit that? You got stuff, okay? Now, I know some of us struggle with this. I want you to turn to the person you're sitting beside and go, you got stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is, this is a huge help because one of the problems we ran into, and I actually wrote about this today uh, in my daily devotional, is we get sometimes so caught up in seeing the faults in other people that we forget how much of our own stuff we bring to the table. Now look at me, I want you to hear my heart. I love you, but you got stuff. And, and if you don't understand what your stuff is, it is gonna continue to come up again and again and, and again. I love what Jesus says in the passage of scripture, Matthew 7. He says, and why do you worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? I put this on your outline. Listen to what it says. The greatest gift you can give your spouse is to unpack your own baggage. In Genesis, God says this. For this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and cleave it to his life, and they should become one flesh. You, you, you remember that verse? Can we be honest? There's a lot of us that never leave our father and mother. We take all of our family of origin baggage, and we just move it to a new house. And some of us pick up a few extra bags along the way. Now, one of the things that has to happen for you and I to really have a love that lasts is we have got to get honest with God about what our stuff is and how that is interfering with us in our relationship. I love what Rick Warren, Rick Warren and his wife Kay, uh, Pastor Saddleback in California, uh, Rick, their anniversary is coming up in, in, a, in another week. And Rick had posted, did a tweet, and he said, and talking about their, their anniversary, and he said, you know what, in dating, opposites attract, and then in marriage, opposites attack. <laughs> well, boy, how true is that? He says, why, why won't you think like me? He said, the first years of marriage, Kay and I argued constantly. Then we grew up, stopped being so self-centered. We'll be married 47 years, June 21st, 2022. And I love this. Man, you might want to write this down on the side. I wish I would have said this instead of Rick. Let's just pretend I said this. This is just so good. Here's what he says. The purpose of marriage is to make you holy, not happy. Let me say that again. The purpose of marriage is to make you holy, not happy. And what we've discovered in our own journey is that just as when you, when you come to God and he deposits his Holy Spirit in you, how many of you have discovered that's not the end of the journey? that God continues to sanctify, that God continues to, to change, that God continues to work. And just like there is an ongoing sanctifying process in our hearts that the Holy Spirit does in our journey with God, the same in marriage. 
that there is an ongoing, and, and this is why we not only want to deal with our stuff, we have to keep dealing with our stuff. You know, some of you have heard me share my, my own journey of, you know, growing up in a, in a home of, of addiction and uh, some years into my marriage coming to terms with that and, and actually seeking out a therapist to help me unpack some of that. And, and I'll be honest with you, man, after I, I saw the, therap- the therapist several times, I thought I was done. And I thought, okay, man, I faced that giant and I'm done. And you know what I, I, just, I, I realized along the way? That stuff just keeps coming up. And so th- this is a lifelong journey. Deal with your stuff. Look at me. I love you. Deal with your stuff and keep dealing with it. Can I get an amen? You bet. Let me give you the second one. And this, this is probably easily understandable, but it's such a big deal in marriage. Resolve differences quickly. Resolve differences quickly. One of the problems, and, and we don't think it's a big deal, is that stuff comes up and we get our feelings hurt or, or we get offended, but we don't really deal with it. We, we, we let it go. Look at me but we don't really let it go. We, we kind of hang on to it. And then this is where we've got to learn how to resolve these differences and deal with it quickly. Paul gives some great advice. I talked about this in my, in my series on Know Your Enemy. Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Read it with me. And don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. That's why I put that statement there. It says major issues often start out as minor irritations. I love, some years ago, I watched an interview with several couples who had been married over 50 years, and there was this one guy, I just loved him. He had such a great sense of humor. He, was, uh, he and his wife were from Austin. They'd been married over 60 years. And when they asked him the question, they said, well, you know, can you give us some of your, your secrets to a long-lasting marriage? And he said, well, one of the decisions my wife and I made early was that we would never go to bed angry. And I was like, that's such a great thought. And then he smiled and said, of course, there were times that we went three or four days without sleep, but we we did live up to that. Well, that's probably true, but there's such a great, there's just such great wisdom of that and not allowing. Now, this is the part I want you to really get. You say, okay, we we get that, resolve differences, but here's what you got to do. And this is the hard part. Here's what you got to do. You got to do two things. Are you ready? Here's the first one. You got to learn to talk. Come on. Some of you are like me. Again, I'm a classic codependent, grew up in a place where you're not really allowed to express your feelings. So when Wanda would hurt me in our marriage or she would do something and I would, I would get hurt, do I tell her? I clam up. I take it in. Come on, how many of you are like me? Come on, it's okay. And, 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 so, and, and so I'd just go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna deal with that. I'll just, okay, she hurt me. And, and, I, would, and I, would say, I would say, I'll let that go. Did I let it go? No, baby. I just put that in a bag and kept it on my shoulder. And then she would do something else, and I'd put it in a bag and keep it on my shoulder. And then she would do something, and, and these little irritations. And then one day she'd do something and go, what are you doing this for me? And she's like, holy cow, what in the world just happened? What happened? Well, what happened was I didn't talk about what was bothering me until I couldn't stand it anymore. Look at me. you got to hear this. I was sabotaging my own marriage because I wasn't telling her how I really felt. Now, I could blame her all I want to, but the, the reality was 
I, I was not strong enough. I was too weak, too cowardly, too codependent to tell her what was going on. You gotta be willing to talk. Your marriage has to matter enough to talk. Does this make sense? Now, here's the other part. This is gonna be hard, especially for some of you guys. You have to listen. <laughs> you have to listen. Now, why I say that is I can't tell you how many times I've sat with a couple in my office and they're trying to walk through some of their stuff and, and I, I've seen a wife share something where her husband hurt her and he's listening to it. And he's thinking, that's not a big deal. I don't know why you, you got so upset about that. And he's not. He, it doesn't matter how big of a deal it is. It hurt her. And her hurt has to matter to you. Does this make sense? And you've got you to be willing to talk. And you've got to be willing to listen. Settle it when it's small. Or I promise you, it will grow to be big. Here's a third thought. And, and this, is, this is one I know that almost all of you will be able to relate to. you got to prepare yourself for the transitions that marriage brings. you got to prepare yourself. Now, this is what I want you to understand. Th- think, of, think of marriage. I'm going to walk out of camera view here. But th- think of marriage as this ongoing journey through life. And, and what you discover is that as you're walking along, all of a sudden something happens and you got to change. And then something else happens and you got to change again. And something else happens and you got to change again. Marriage is filled with transitions like that. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a few. The, the first one happens right away and you're not prepared for it. Most of us aren't anyway. You, you have to share stuff. You know, isn't it funny? You're standing there and you're saying, I do, and I love you, and happily ever after, we're bawling our eyes out. Oh, I can't wait to be with you every night for the rest of my life. And then you find out, you move into this, and all of a sudden, you've got to share this space. And it's like, you're in my space. <laughs> and then you sit down with the remote. You've got one television. You sit down with the remote, and you're watching something, and she comes in. What are you watching? I don't know. Lots of people dying. I like it, you know. <laughs> I don't want to watch that. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know? And, and, you're, and you're, you're sharing space. You're sharing stuff. You're, you're sharing money. And, 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 and you wake up one day and you go, what did I do? You know, I've got this amoeba in my life who just wants everything that I've got. You know, and then, and then you finally get used to it. You finally resign your fact, yourself to the fact that it's all hers. And, you know. And then... You have kids. Now, you, I want you to look at me, and I want you to hear this, especially for, for those of you who have not been married, thinking about it one day, and kids are on the horizon. You, you got to hear this. Kids change your life more than marriage. Kids change your life more than marriage. You know, you, you know your wife has the baby, and you go to the hospital, and you're there, and you're holding that little bundle of joy. And then you discover that this little thing that you're holding in your arms is gonna completely absorb your life. And now you don't get time from your wife anymore because she's gotta be with the baby. (laughs) And this little snot-nosed thing is so disgusting. And they, and they keep doing stuff, and you're like, what, what did I do? Maybe we did it wrong. Let's have another one. <laughs> Are you insane? 
because it's going to be just like the other one. Now, now you got two of them, and you're ah. And, and I feel so bad because there are people who have, they have so many, and, and you see them pulling their hair out. I, I posted on Facebook uh, not long ago, somebody who had a newborn, and they talking about how, oh, so cute, it's so sweet. And I said, yeah, wait till they're about 12. <laughs> then you're going to realize why so many animals eat their young. You know, it's just, <laughs> they, they're just, it's just that way. Kids, I saw this in the news. You, some of you saw this. And I thought, I, I just want to give you a classic parenting moment because you just got to know how messed up this, this stuff can be. There's a gal down in Texas, Kelsey Gold, Golden. Um, throw that picture up on the screen. That's Kelsey and her little two-year-old, Barrett. Um, Kelsey works from home, uh, does marketing for a school, works on her computer. And she has a little Barrett at the house. Of course, now everybody's working remote. And, you know, and, you know he's at her feet kind of playing a little. Well, well this week, about a week ago, I guess now, uh, she was working away on a computer. And he was just kind of playing at her feet. And uh, she, he, she was on her phone and off it. And she set it down. And he, Barrett grabs her phone, a little two-year-old. How many of you have kids that like to play on your phone or grandkids? You have, you have that? Yeah. Well, she said Barrett doesn't like to play games and stuff. But he loves to open the camera and look at himself. And so he's like... You know, and she's, he's, she's kind of got one eye on him. And she said, then he starts doing it like a roller coaster. You know, and, and you know, he's messing with it and playing with it. She let him play with it for a while. And he finally, she takes it back. She puts it on her desk. And she thought, you know, we're done with that for a little bit. And then her phone buzzed. She gets this notification. It's from DoorDash. How many of you know what DoorDash is? You know, it's, it's you know, online. You can order food online. She gets this notification from DoorDash. And it says, uh, your order is taking longer than usual. We want to apologize. And she's like, I didn't order anything. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, you know, I, sometimes I use DoorDash to, to, you know, take stuff to the kids at school, but they, they, I made their lunch today. They don't need anything. And, and she didn't understand. She, she called the, the worker at the cafeteria at school and she says, no, your kids are eating. She goes, what, what is this? And she goes, then a, little, a guy pulls up in her driveway, gets out with this humongous McDonald's bag. Her little two-year-old had opened the DoorDash app, throw that next picture up, and ordered 31 cheeseburgers. <laughs> 31. And left a huge tip. <laughs> it's it crazy. 31 cheeseburgers cost her a little over $90, like $91 or something. And she's like, what? She goes, our family doesn't even eat cheeseburgers. She goes, I didn't know what to do. And she said, she, so she ended up getting on social media and just saying, hey, I, here's where I live. If you like a cheeseburger, come by. There's no kidding. This was so funny. She said, one pregnant woman stopped by within the first hour after posting it and said, I'll take six. <laughs> I thought, so she goes, no judgment. No judgment. She was pregnant. She can eat six. That's okay. That's the world of kids. Uh, transitions, we're talking about. Changing careers. Some of you will change jobs. Um, you know, I, as a pastor, I've moved. Every time I've moved, it's taken our family through transitions. Wanda went from not working to full, full time, part-time to full-time, back to part-time, now back to full. And every time you go through those changing careers, it's a transition that puts stress on your marriage. You, you go through aging as, as a couple, as you stay together. You go through health crises. You know, Wanda had a, 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 her a rotator cuff operated on and for several weeks, she was laid up and, you know, and I had to help her through that. Then last year, I had my knee replaced and she had help. And you go, you go through, every time you go through these transitions, you, you, you have to adjust. Some of us are dealing now with the transition of aging parents. 
And I know, I know there are several of you who are dealing with that. Your, your parents are getting older and you're having to provide care for them. And every, every time you, you move someone into your household or it takes more time, look at me, just don't miss this. Everything that takes time and attention away from you and your spouse is a transition. And you have to adjust. I love again what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, that last verse. Read it out loud again with me. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I put on your outline, tough love is adaptive. Let me give you a fourth one. This is hard for many of us, but you need to learn. If you really want to protect that love, you you need to let others help you protect your love. You need to let others help you protect that love. I know there are a lot of us who have a hard time asking for help. I know there are many more of us who would find it very, maybe humiliating, uh, embarrassing to actually admit as a couple we're struggling a bit. But I'm going to tell you this is the reality that God wants us to live in. We have to be willing to be that vulnerable. Uh, I love how Paul framed it in, in Galatians 6 verse 2. Read it out loud. He says, help carry each other's burdens in this way. You will follow Christ's teachings. I, I love this. Some, some of us are just, you know, we're just bent on, we got to do this all by ourselves. And, and you're putting yourself in danger. I had a, a pastor friend of mine that posted this on Facebook, I, this picture. I just love this. He goes, here's the herd of sheep, the, the zebras back here. You know, they're all together. And here's the one, I'm the Christian, but I don't need the church. And look what's going on. The lion's chasing him. You know, there's safety in the herd. And I just want to encourage you, who, who have you surrounded yourself with that's going to help you on this journey? And I want to give you three levels of that. You ready? Here's the first one. You need a community who can pray for you. You need a community who can pray for you. This is why we say get into a group, get into a class, belong to a group of people. How, who, who are the people in your life to whom you can say as a couple, would you pray for us? We're just going through kind of a rough patch. Would you pray for it? You don't have to give details. You don't have to give all personal information. But who in your life is going to surround you with prayer? Secondly, you need, you need couples who can coach you. Who, who are some couples that are a little further down the road, a little older, a little wiser, been around a while, godly people to whom you could just sit down with over a cup of coffee and say, we've, we, we're, we've got some questions, we've got some things we're trying to sort out. Can you advise us? I have a, a young couple, a guy that I, I, I mentor in ministry, uh, that whenever I go there to preach and, and he's there, he and his wife will sit on the couch and they will just, he'll, he'll get out a pad and he just has, they're peppering me with questions. Can, you know, we're dealing with this, we're dealing with this, we're dealing with this. And again, I'm not the shell answer man, you know, but, but I can at least give to them out of our experience some things that might help them on the journey. Who are the couples in your life that do for you? And this is the third one. You need counselors who can go deep with you. You need counselors who can go deep with you. Now, I, I just want you to hear my heart. Some of us have some, some personal knots in our life that we need some help with. And, and some of it is, is not help the average person can give. We, we need a counselor who can help us unpack some of that. Some of us as a couple are, are at a place, we, we need more than just a little advice. We, we need someone who can really help us understand the dynamics of what's happening and can really give us some tools for some things that we can do. This is what my wife, Wanda, does for a living. 
And, and this is such a value. I can't tell you. I've had so many couples through the years. who I, Wanda doesn't tell me who she sees. So I, I don't know unless people tell me. But I've had so many couples through the years have come up to me and they say, we owe your wife our marriage. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for people who honor their marriage enough that are willing to say, we need some help. Folks, that's not embarrassing. That's wisdom. Amen? That's wisdom. Let me give you one more. Keep God at the center of your marriage. Keep God at the center of your marriage. Now, I want to say this to every single person watching and listening. If you have not personally surrendered your life, personal life, to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to do that. It's not only the best thing you can do for you, it's the best thing you can do for your family. For you to be the woman of God or the man of God you really need to be, Jesus Christ needs to be the Lord of your life. And if you have not made that commitment, that's the best place you can start today by doing, taking that step. Simply invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. Ask him to forgive your past. Ask him to make you a brand new creation. Put his spirit in you to go forward. You need that before you take another step. And if you as a couple have both done that, I'm going to challenge you to say, then are you building on that rock daily? Are you continuing as a couple to renew your commitment to the Lord? Here's what you need to know. You live in a culture that is going to do every single thing it can to tear you apart. The enemy is going to do every single thing he can to to break you up, to cause problems. And, And what you're going to learn is the devil's smarter than you. And he's stronger than you. And he's been at this a lot longer than you've ever been around. But here's the deal. When we really put Christ in our hearts and in our marriage, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And you can stand strong in the middle of that. I I love what Psalm 127 says. Verse 1. Read it out loud, church. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. That's why I put this statement, a home filled with love, that's a home filled with God because God is love. Amen. There have been uh, two different times in our 46 years that Wanda and I almost didn't make it. Uh, Even though she's a therapist and I'm a pastor, we, we came to two different places where we, we just didn't know if we were going to survive it. And, and she would tell you, as I would today, the, the only reason we're still here, 46 years today, the only reason we are still here, still together, is because we not only renewed our commitment to one another, but we renewed our commitment to God, and we allowed God to put his arms of healing and grace and strength around us. And hold us together. Any years we have together. Is not because she's so smart or I'm so smart. It's because God is so good. And if we need that. I'm just going to suggest you probably need that too. Amen. I, I want to do something. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different. Um, in a moment I want to. I want to pray for marriages. And I want to pray a prayer of blessing over those of you who you have a good marriage and you want to keep it strong. 
and you're just saying, I don't want to take it for granted. I want the blessing of God. I want to protect that, and I want to pray that prayer. I want to pray a prayer uh, over those of you who are saying, you know what? We're, we're doing okay, but we're struggling a little bit now, and we could use some help. I want to pray that prayer over you. I want to pray a prayer for those of you who you don't know if you're going to make it or not. And we're going to pray that God will do a miracle in your heart and lives and turn, turn that around. I want to pray for that. I want to pray for some of you who are single. We had some come forward in the first service. I just thought it was so awesome. Some of you who are single and say, you know what, Pastor Steve, I'm, I'm not married. I hope to be someday maybe. But if I'm going to get married, I, I want to pray in advance that God would make me what I need to be as a woman or a man of God. And I want to prepare my heart for that day when God does bring someone alongside of me. I also want to pray. There are some of you, as I was sharing this morning, I know some of you are thinking, man, there are some couples I really wish would have been here today. And I want to invite some of you to stand in the gap for them as we pray over marriages. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to sing a song. Wanda, would you mind joining me, babe? But Wanda and I together are just going to stand before you. And I just want to invite you, if you would like to be a part of that prayer, just wherever you are, just go ahead and get up. No song. We're not going to play a song. We're not going to do any of that. You don't need a song. If, if you would like us to pray over you, we're not going to do it individually. We're going to do it over the whole group. Here's what I want you to I just want you to get up. I want you to come. I just want you to stand here across the front. And in just a moment, I want to pray a prayer of God's grace and power and strength over you. If that fits for you, if you'd like to come, go ahead and get up. Go ahead and come. okay we'll stretch out as far as we need to just come all the way to the front here yeah yeah you bet come all the way in yeah come on in I'll try not to spit I promise come on (laughs) come all the way up there you go you're never too young you're never too old to begin this journey now I want you to look at me guys I am so proud of you. This is an act of humility. It's an act of vulnerability. And it is an act of obedience to God. And I really believe, what it says, when when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I can heal their land. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you today. Wanda and I come not as... And that is a couple who have it all together. But as just a couple of beggars who are sharing with some other beggars where to find some bread. We come, Lord, as a couple who, in whom you have done some great healing. We have struggled and fallen and stood back up and struggled and fallen and stood back up. And, and Lord, you have kept your hand upon us and you have kept your arms around us. And today, 46 years, we are eternally grateful. And Father, joining us here today are are couples who need a special touch from you, individuals who need a special touch from you. Lord, I pray over those couples today. Their marriage is strong. Lord, we thank you for that. In a marriage where so many are dissolving, we thank you for some couples who who are doing the right things or loving each other well, and they've got a love that lasts. Lord, protect that. Put your arms around them. Lord, help them guard it. Remind them how sacred it is. Let them do every single day what they need to do to protect that love, to protect their home, to protect their hearts, and protect their marriage. Lord, there are some who are, are here, some who are praying right now that, Lord, I know that they've got some stuff going on. Uh, It's not major yet, but it's troubling. And Lord, 
I pray right now for your hand of healing. Lord, you can, you can heal a blind eye as well as raise something back from the dead. And so today, I know, Lord, whatever the need is, you can meet them here. And as they lay it before you, I pray for your touch. Lord, I pray for those, those couples who they're crying out to you, God, because they're, they're on the rocks. They're struggling. They may not make it. But today, God, they believe that you can do something they can't do of themselves. And I pray, I pray for a resurrection. I pray for a renewed love. I pray that you will tear down every dividing wall of hostility. I pray that you would rebuke the enemy in every way that he's seeking to destroy that home. And I pray that you would do a miracle that you would turn this tragedy into a testimony this morning. Father, I pray for those individuals who they're not married yet, uh, but they might be one day. And Lord, they, they want to begin today by opening their heart and their lives to you fully and completely. You know the stuff that they've got that they need to deal with. And Lord, I pray that right now that you would prepare them in advance for that day that is yet to come, preparing them for that spouse that you're going to bring their way, preparing them for that home that when they get there, they'll be glad. I'm so glad I took some steps before this day ever happened. And Father, I pray for all of us today who are standing in the gap on behalf of some people that we love, some marriages that are in trouble, some marriages, God, that, that we're walking alongside of, some people that we care deeply about, and, Lord, they need your touch today. And, God, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, would you lay your hand upon them? Would you release your power upon them? Would you do something that would cause them to fall on their knees before you and reclaim the lost love of their lives and reclaim you as Savior and Lord? Father, we believe what your word says, that unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So, oh God, build us up. May we be the kind of marriages and families you'd want us to be. In your precious name, we pray today. And everyone said, amen. 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 Thank you guys so much.